It's clear, and for a variety of reasons, um, we, we have mutually agreed uh, to set a new course for the club to take on new leadership. Josh screams up the left sideline, 40 seconds. Heats home, blasting to the bucket, two-hand dunk. Good night, Miami. Timeout, Heats. Finishing touches tonight, baby. Two seconds to go. It won't matter. The shot's up. It's no good. And UCF wins. The Knights have knocked off number three, Kansas. It's a court storm in Orlando. Jamie Dixon and Porter Moser will shake hands. Final score tonight at Fort Worth. Frogs 80, Sooner 71. All right, hour three. Toby and TJ back with you here on the ref, the home of Sooner fans. We're brought to you every day by Riverwind. Good win on the road for the Thunder last night. They dropped their first two on that four-game road trip and come back to win the next two. Back home tonight, Blazers in OKC tonight, 7 o'clock tip-off. Two games into Big 12 play. Everybody now has played two games. You've got three teams at 2-0. and Three teams at 0-2. Eight teams at 1-1. and uh, And only one of the teams at 2-0 and is ranked. That's Baylor. Baylor, Texas Tech, and Kansas State are all 2-0. and uh, OSU, BYU, and West Virginia are all 0-2. And everybody else has split their first two. OU, Kansas, UCF, TCU, Iowa State, Texas, Houston, and Cincinnati. All 1-1. One one. Hmm. What do you think the record is? 18 games, TJ. What's the record of the regular season champion in the Big 12? How many losses do they have? I'll say... Four. 14 and four? Yeah. That's going to be tough. But 13 and that five, wins 14 it. And 14 four. and four definitely wins yeah. it. Might go a one down from that 13 and five, but somewhere in that area, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What okay. say you? 13 and five feels a little more realistic. Yeah. Probably right. Hard to say. It's an unbalanced schedule, so some teams have it slightly tougher or easier than others this year. But, um, yeah, that feels right. Okay. Saban. Dan Lanning seems to be the most popular choice out there to replace him. Is Alabama a better job than Oregon? Yes. I'm going to say no, and I'm going to preface it with this. 
right now to be the guy after Saban? No. Well, if you're going to put parameters on it like that, then I agree. I'm, you're just saying okay, I just took it as overall. You just took it as overall job. Alabama is better. Correct. Yeah. History, all that kind of stuff. But right now, if I'm Dan Lanning, and this goes for other guys on this list, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> it's different because you're going to the Big Ten, in my opinion. If you were going to be stuck out in the Pac-12, that's a completely different story. But he has a chance to be the guy. He's building something out there. Oregon's never won a national championship. He's got to be. A, he's got a chance to be the guy who they build statues for and becomes the greatest of all time. He's got Phil Knight money. You go to Alabama, and you're the guy after Nick Saban. I mean, you're just asking to fail. I think somebody could pull it off. It's not. It's. It's almost never been done. You brought up Jimbo after Bobby Bowden. But it's really hard to find another example after a legend, one of the all-time greats where the next guy has been successful enough. Like Frank Solich is a great example. Frank Solich was really good at Nebraska, but he wasn't quite as good as Tom Osborne. And they ran him out of town. It's just the, the, the bar is so high. It's going to almost be impossible to succeed there, to their liking. I mean, you could win two national championships in the next six or seven years, and you're still not going to be good enough. Yeah, as far as that angle goes, I I am in 100% agreement with you, but I'm guessing you and I don't think the way Dan Lanning thinks. He thinks, I'm really good at this. That's the elite job in the country. I can go be successful there because I'm a really good coach. Maybe. Or does he say, I've got a really good thing at Oregon. It's okay here. It's one of the upper tier programs. I'll go let someone go get fired there and then take the job. You think he thinks that way? (laughs) Yes. Well, that's what I would think. He should probably, but I don't know that that's how coaches think. And the Phil Knight thing makes it different, too. Like, he's got a bottomless pit of resources there. He does, but how long do you have that? Nike will always be there, and I'm sure Phil will have it written in some way and has it written in some way, but Phil's not going to be around much longer. Are you thinking Phil Knight's children hate the Ducks? I'm thinking who's ever taking over after Phil Knight may not be as uh, Oregon-centric as Phil Knight. Like I said, he may have it written in that, you know, $200 million a, a year, whatever it is, goes to Oregon. But when he's gone after a while, uh, things change. So, If I'm one of the hot names on this list, and this depends on where I'm at right now, but I would gladly let somebody else go be the next guy oh, for three Phil years. Older than I thought he was. I want to be the guy after the guy. I want to be the guy after the guy after the guy. I want to be two guys after the guy. Right. Not the guy after the guy. I want to be two guys after the guy. <laughs> you want a buffer there, yeah. Now, 
Oh, I was the guy after the guy. It ain't easy, but it's doable. But look at Toby putting himself in elite category. Not everybody can do what I've done, TJ. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> and, of course, what I'm talking about is the person who had the morning show before me here. Right. I think that was maybe Jim Byers or I don't remember who it was. No, Jim Byers uh, jumped on with me. Who did have the morning show before uh, me? I, well, a- Jim did for a little while, and then you and him kind of crossed in the afternoon, uh, like mid-afternoon, didn't you? No. I'm trying I to never remember. did the- an afternoon show. You didn't? Uh-uh. Me and Jim were in the mornings. Like mid-morning, though? Like plank time slot? No. No, he brought an Egg McMuffin with him to work every day. I did 10 to 1 by myself for a while. Okay, that's what I'm thinking Then when of. they moved when they moved to uh, me, me to mornings, I was on with Jim for a bit. Then I was on with Carrie for a bit. Then I was on with Paul Thompson for a bit. Then mm-hmm. I was on with Barry Trammell for a bit. Yeah. I may not have the right order there, but there was a I was involved of, with all of that with you except for Jim. A slew of co-hosts until they finally said, you know what? TJ's better than all these other guys. Let's That's just true. let TJ be the co-host. That's true. That um, anyway, I got sidetracked. I don't know, man. I, It's a sexy job. It's a huge story. They're going to throw a ton of money at you. But your chance of succeeding is very low. Very, very low. And I know even like these people believe in themselves, right? They, they all got yeah, absolutely. They confidence they got, uh, and egos ego and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They believe they're going to come in and, and take the reins of the juggernaut and just keep it going down the tracks. And maybe someone will, but it is highly unlikely. History tells us that. We're not talking about a coach that's done a pretty good job. This guy won six national championships at Alabama. Seven altogether. I just saw a stat where any class that he recruited, they won a title within his four-year period. That's remarkable. Yeah, no, it is. Most of them, multiple. Yeah, most of them, yeah, had more than one in some cases. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk as Alabama can go get whoever they want. Alabama can go get the attention of whoever they want. But I think there are some s- smart guys out there who are like, I got a great job. I'm going to let my boss know that Alabama's coming for me so I can get a raise out of this. But I think that's happening north of here. It is a no virtual no-win situation to go be the next head coach at Tuscaloosa. I'm going to sit tight for a bit and let somebody else go you know, get hit by that train. And then look me up next go-around, maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being soft. Maybe that's a soft approach. I, I kind of think it's a smart approach, you know. When the guy you're replacing has a statue out in front of the stadium, TJ, think twice about it. That's my point. Yeah. Think twice about it. I'm not it. arguing with you on this. I just don't know if that's how they think. I don't know if that's their mentality, you know. Because their thought process is, Alabama's my dream job. I've got my shot at it now. What if I say, "Ah, I'll give a buffer, but then that buffer ends up becoming a 15-year legend as well. So, and I never See, that's where you and I differ a little bit. Alabama's your dream job. 
Alabama's not everybody's No, dream I'm job. saying for whatever individual it is. It may be Sark's dream job. It may be Kiffin's. Maybe. It may be Lanning. I, I'm saying if that is that person's dream job, their thought is, what if I don't take the opportunity now? I may never get the opportunity. Sark, I think, takes it because he's not necessarily – like he's had basically one good season at Texas. Yeah. Uh, he's got the – Monster of red tape and irritation that is everything that goes around Texas football. I don't know that's much better at Alabama, but yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I know. <laughs> Go ahead. I do think the head coach at Alabama has, at least with Saban, and this guy that they're going to that they're bring in is going to have a lot of leeway, but I don't know. Maybe it's not better there. Kiffin, I think, takes it as well because he's – He's had a couple of good years here, but it's not like he's on track to be a, the greatest coach in Ole Miss history. I mean, maybe. Has he just had the first 11-win season? I'm just saying that's not a historically elite program like that. They just had their first 11-win season in the history of the program. So I think Kiffin takes it. Sark takes it. Uh, Marcus Freeman, Maybe. I don't know anybody. I, I I guess Dan Lanning is and and Dabo Sweeney are the guys I'm talking about. And I guess I don't think Dabo is really in the hunt here. I think there's a revolt if they offer it to Dabo. So I guess Dan Lanning is the only guy I'm talking about here. Which is, I don't know if it's a slam dunk if I'm Dan Lanning. And it's a unique situation he's in because of Phil Knight. It's true. He's got as much money as Alabama, maybe oh, more. more, probably more. Now they're going to the Big Ten. He lives way out there. Maybe he doesn't like that. Maybe he doesn't like living way out on the West Coast. It is beautiful in Eugene, Oregon, but it's way away from everything else. Maybe he doesn't like that. Maybe he misses the buzz of the Southeastern Conference. Definitely possible. Loved it at Georgia. Wants to be back in the thick of it. If so, he'll take the Alabama job. But God bless you, you know. You could be Frank Solich real easy. You could rip off 10, 11-win seasons, go to the college football playoff every year, go to national championship games, maybe even win one or two, and still not be good enough in the shadow of Nick Saban. Hey, is Zach Alley officially our defensive coordinator yet? They had the meeting yesterday, right? The approvals were supposed to happen yesterday, I thought. No, the Board of Regents is tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I thought I saw that it was yesterday i don't think so well no then he's not no is that when it's happening is that what we're waiting for is the board of regents i'm pretty sure at this point that's what they're waiting for that they have to approve uh, that hiring and the and the pay scale and everything yeah hey you know what i got yesterday uh i got a new pillbox yesterday <laughs> remember saturday was broken right i got a vertical one pretty cool i'll send you a picture of it. a vertical one yeah it looks like a silo Looks like a, huh. a a pill a pill silo. I'm so excited! I came home and I immediately put all my pills in my new pillbox. <laughs> we are so old. Break time, <laughs> eight eighteen in the morning. Back to your thoughts next on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. The T Row in the morning show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination.
The one for entertainment. The one for games. The one for fun. Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. What's the biggest myth about interscholastic performing arts? That you have to be the most talented or experienced to participate. The truth is anyone can be a part of their school's performing arts. There are countless opportunities for students to participate, from theater, choir, and band, to speech and debate. The bottom line? If you want to perform, there's a place for you. This message presented by the NFHS and the OSSAA. RK Black, big thanks to them. They bring you this hour of the T-Row in the morning show. They help me scan things here. They help me copy things. They provide our office with the technology we need to uh, be up and running every day. They can help your office as well. 405-943-9800 or check them out online, rkblack.com. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, My husband and I drove cross-country a few summers back. He needed something larger than his regular pillbox. He needed to bring his bottles of fish oil and other vitamins as well, and he settled on this. And she has sent me a uh, two pictures of his organized tackle box. He has where nice. you would normally put uh, lures and different things. Mm-hmm. He's got the whole tackle box with all the cases with all his pills. In I love it. it. I love it. Headed that direction soon. I I sent you a picture, by the way, of my uh, new oh, pill let's box. Let's see this. Let's see this. Um. Uh, well, that's fancy. It looks like uh, looks like almost glass artwork. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> I love it. There's seven of them. There's seven days in the week. I know it didn't look like it at first. That's why I was counting. The purple and uh, orange kind of blend in there. Mm. So, mm. Uh, <laughs> guys, the you, next. Hey, let me know if you want one. I know where to get them. Uh, I'm all right with my regular one until the lid breaks. So I'm good for now. All right. Uh, the uh, the Alabama head coach, the next Alabama head coach, will be Gary Gibbs 2.0. Don't be the guy after the guy. Thank you. Uh, I mean, Barry Switzer, you know, the guy who won the national championship in Super Bowl. Have a great day, fellas. Air Force One fishing guy. Yeah, I remember Barry Switzer. You remember Barry Switzer, TJ? <sighs> Remind me. Yeah, he won a national, did three national championships, actually, and a Super Bowl. What? Three one of three There's not many guys that could have done that, possibly. No, uh, the list is three, actually. Pete Carroll, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, and Barry Switzer. By the way, quickly, we're back at Rudy's tonight. And uh, 6 o'clock, I, I was wrong. The huddle doesn't start back up until football ends, or until basketball ends, sorry. 6 o'clock tonight, Mark Williams. 6.30 tonight, Matt Mott, soccer coach. 7 o'clock, Jenny Baranchek, 7.30, Porter Moser. Oh, you're just stacking them. Just stacking them. Yeah, stacking them. Uh, lots, of, lots of athletes joining us tonight, too. Do they need? Do, do they say the real reason why Roof left? Yeah. He found mm. out the Alabama job was opening. Said, Brent, I'm gonna, uh, we're going to have mutual parting of ways. I'm going to take my shot at the head coach. University of Alabama. Is this a controversy out there? Are people thinking there's some hidden story here that's not being told or something? No, I mean, you know, it, it may, I mean, if there's a hidden story, it may be that they allowed it to say that it was a mutual parting rather than Brent probably said, I'm going a different direction. I think it, I, I, my impression is it was a mutual parting in, in this sense. I think 
Brent wanted to go get his guy at mm-hmm. defensive coordinator, told Ted that he'd love to still have him around in a different role. Yeah. And Ted said, no, thanks. So I think in that essence, it was probably a mutual parting, but it was because I think Brent wanted to move on to Zach Alley. Uh, Adam, I don't get the sense there's any animosity there. Could I don't be think wrong, so. but that's that's what I. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Adam from ATX says, "I agree, but when you have your chance, you got to take it. If that's your dream job, you don't know for sure when it will come around again. That's my point. But I don't know if it's Lanning's dream job. I'm just saying, yeah. if it is, then he's probably got to take the chance because Adam's right here. That's what I'm meaning. You don't know if that chance comes back up. It may not be his dream job. He may have got to Oregon and say." You know what? I didn't expect it to be, but this is my dream job. And he's come out and said, look, I'm not interested in, you know, ones before Alabama that had come open and kind of shot him down and said, I love Oregon. So um, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying whoever they approach, if that is their dream job, that's probably their thinking of, I can't let this get uh, go this time and hope the next guy fails and then I get my shot. That's Probably not how they're thinking. Yeah. Is Alabama the best program in college football history? Yes. Is it the job everybody dreams of having? No. 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 Not, I mean, if you grew up an Alabama fan, sure. And uh, But no, I, I don't know that it's everybody's dream job. Having said that, rumors could be true, and Lanning was on a private jet yesterday and in Tuscaloosa and will be – wrapping up the the hiring process you know within the next few hours yeah. and we get an announcement i don't and know that's a fascinating situation if he does if he takes it i think it's a good hire but all the alabama players and signees and commitments and everything are you know up in the air free agents if you will for 30 days maybe none of them leave but I think we already saw a decommitment last night, didn't we, from some kid? And now Oregon also enters the same situation. And Oregon's got a ton of great talent. What happens with Dylan Gabriel? All those guys that went to play for Dan Lanning. Commitments, signees, current guys on the team. 30 days, free to enter the portal. Now who's Oregon going to hire? Whoever they hire, if it's a head coach... Same thing at that school, and it just keeps going. Boy, just think if Harbaugh does jump to the Chargers or Raiders. Same thing at Michigan. And and they hire Brian Kelly, and then same thing at LSU. Seattle. And then who do they hire? And the same thing there. I mean, this could be an unbelievable tidal wave domino effect across college football the next month well you're talking guys that have been at programs for years and or franchises i mean in belichick and carol carol 14 years belichick i don't even hey, know what his number was at so I, I, oklahoma's sitting pretty in this thing right now they are they've got stability and uh going into a great situation entering the saban's SEC. leaving bama who knows what the ramifications are on that program that was the bully on the block one of the two and they've got stability, and who knows who becomes available to them now in the next month or so across the country. I know numbers are tight, but you figure it out. You know what I mean? So this is a good – I think Brent Venables is smiling ear to ear right now. 
Could be Texas, Teach. Could be Sark. Uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown, says Justin. That's a, uh, I believe a Shakespeare reference. Is that right? Uh, yes. Winston I, Churchill or somebody famous said that. I'm pretty uh, sure. Probably somebody that wore a crown. I don't know. Is that, you know what? I do remember. Uh, Civil Eagle War. Ulysses yeah. S. Grant. <laughs> Big battle against Eagle Eye Jones. <laughs> uh, guys, maybe Iowa State's Matt Campbell to Bama. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he missed his window. Uh, if Lanning leaves, it shows it even the Knights by the way. people don't really want the Oregon job. Three coaches in five years. Um, Yeah, that's true. Oregon has had a continuous run of people jumping ship on them. So that's a great point the texter makes. Maybe it's not great to have T Boone Pickens or Phil Knight looking down your, you know, looking over your shoulder the whole time. Maybe that's not a lot. Maybe the having the checkbook is nice, but having to always answer that phone call and take suggestions isn't fun. I don't know. This texter says that Paul Feinbaum, or he saw a post that Feinbaum is throwing around the Arkansas coach's name. Sam Pittman? Is he going Come to uh, Alabama? <laughs> I don't see that. But what did Arkansas go this year? Uh, not enough and not what? enough with uh, Three or the expectations at Bama. Yeah. No way. Um, not saying Alabama will disappear from the football landscape, but you guys need to go review Alabama by season between Bear and Nick. Above average, but not dominant. Just another blue blood. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Huh? We're saying I, there could be a drop-off there. I, I'm guessing that's a reference to yesterday's yeah. show where we were talking about the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's exactly what I'm saying here. There is no guarantee. In fact, it is almost a certainty that Alabama is going to experience a drop-off here. Historically, that's what always happens. Almost always happens when you lose an all-time great. And the texter is exactly right. After Bear Bryant, they go get Ray Perkins, um, couldn't live up to the legend. Bill Curry couldn't live up to the legend. Gene Stallings finally got him a title, but they ended up moving on to the Mikes. Mike DeBose, Mike Shula. Dennis Francione, a brief appearance, tried to hire Mike Price. That flamed out. And then finally landed on Nick Saban. And you could go to all the other Blue Bloods. And when Shim Beckler leaves, how did it go? Well, actually, the guy after Shim Beckler, what was his name? He won a title, didn't he? Uh, um, uh, oh, I'll think of it here in a second. I think he won a title eventually, but they fired him eventually too, I think. I'm looking it up. It's tough, man. Uh, I don't know what this person's like yelling at. This one just came in, so it's not like it came in earlier in Gary the show. Gary Moeller. No, I think it was Lloyd Carr who was after Gary Moeller that won him their next Lloyd title. Lloyd Carr yeah. was the one that split that title, I think, yeah. Mm. Didn't they split in 88? They didn't win it outright. 88 was not Michigan. Michigan was 90s. 
97. 97. And that was Lloyd Carr. Uh, Shim Beckler was replaced by Gary Moeller. And then he was replaced by Lloyd Carr, who did a nice job and won a championship. But, again, he was not the guy after the guy. He was the guy after the guy after the guy. Uh, Justin Aquita says Feinbaum was talking about the Arkansas State coach, not Pittman. Uh, still a ridiculous take. Butch Jones? So, Butch Jones. Yeah, Butch Jones. Oof. I mean, he was on his – he was a analyst for him for a while, right? After he got fired at Tennessee, but oof, I don't think that's going to – I don't know. Feinbaum's pretty well connected down there, but that would seem to be an odd hire. Recruiting Doomer, too, is back yelling at us. You guys keep dreaming. There is no good reason why Sark would even uh, would not make even a lateral move right now. Landing is already in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be announced later today. And if you want to talk stability, we know that Texas has the stability. Huh? Read that slower to me. <laughs> you guys keep dreaming. There is no good reason why Sark would not even a lateral move right now. I think that's supposed to say would not, would not make even, a lateral move right now is what it's supposed to say. But it's, There's no reason why he would not make a lateral move? Uh, I think it's supposed to say why there's no reason why Sark would make a lateral move right now. Oh, he thinks he'll stay. Yeah. I think Sark would take the Bama job if offered. Um, and th- uh, recruiting Doomer is the one that's telling us he's already been offered and he's turned it down. Maybe so. Uh, and he's saying Tex- that- and he's saying Texas has more stability than Oklahoma. Yes. If you want to talk stability, we know false, that Texas has the stability. I don't know past, if that means more than Oklahoma. Present and future false. From leadership on down, Texas is always a shakier situation than Oklahoma. This person says we don't have stability. We don't have a D.C. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't know why we haven't had the announcement, but that's true for now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, okay. I guess we're getting into the OU haters now that are No, like, that one I think he was just messing. I think that one he was laughing. He was just messing with us. So. Yeah. Uh, the drink at Mizzou standing on business at Bama. <laughs> hey, now that's a fun hire. Is it? Yeah, because what happens to Missouri? <laughs> well, who cares what happens to Missouri? I think well, what happens to Missouri is going to happen with Eli Drinkwitz, whether it, he's there or not. They're going to go back to being what they no, were soon. I think it's a fun hire from, is Drinkwitz going to be successful at Alabama? Probably not. I don't think they're going to hire him. Probably not, but then it sends Missouri into disarray. A lot of guys at Missouri we'd like to have. We tried to get. So, yeah, that'd be fun. Recruiting Doomer. What? what we, He's a what, Texas we, troll. He's a Texas troll. What happened in your Wheaties this morning, dude? Calm down. Uh, Go the, back to uh, bed. Bevo. Uh, Bevo in the Wheaties. We'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports <laughs> Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. The uh, transfer portal update today brought to you by Swiftco Roofing and Construction. But a couple of things, Teach. Davis Bevel to South Carolina. A little surprised by that. Yeah, kind of surprising. We found uh, out the landing spot for uh, the on-campus recruiting coordinator, Lee Davis, yesterday. She is headed to UCF. Uh, 
Bill Belichick this morning. This is not recruiting or transfer portal. But Bill Belichick out in New England this morning. Obviously, um, Pete Carroll out yesterday in Seattle and, and Nick Saban retiring at Alabama. Big news day yesterday. Uh, who brings us our transfer portal updates, TJ? Swiftco Roofing and Construction, 25 years of roofing, remodeling, and construction experience. Brent Swift will personally come look at your home. He's been doing it for 25 years, locally owned and operated, 405-831-8222. Okay, SEC fact of the day, Nick Saban-related, TJ, seemed appropriate today. Uh, Nick Saban went to Monongah High School in West Virginia. He was All-State in basketball and baseball and was the quarterback on the football team. Led them to the 1968 West Virginia State Championship with a broken ankle. He's a baller. Did you see the video yesterday? Showed a little bit of his, uh, I guess he had a lunchtime basketball, basketball game. game. Yeah, I saw him uh, no driving idea. to the basket and picking up the foul there. That was pretty good. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. There you go. There's your SEC fact of the day today. Sure to uh, tick off Missouri fans in uh, some form or another. Uh, this also broke yesterday. There is a gentleman in Southern California who is trying to put together a new bowl game, TJ. We need that. Brett McMurphy reporting uh, the proposed new bowl game will be the irrelevant bowl. Right. And it'll feature a pair of college football teams that are either winless or close to it. Um, cities will put in bids to host the irrelevant bowl. No polls, no rankings, no controversy, just two winless or near-winless teams looking for redemption and one elusive win. What do you think about this idea? Um, would teams really actually participate in it? No chance. No chance. I mean, they're you're not making going, fun of us. You're making fun of us. I get the whole, well, it would give them the opportunity to to uh, you know, work I with say young that. guys and everything, but I just don't buy that they would put their No Power 5 teams would participate in it. I mean, obviously you're talking about some group of five teams way down the line that may be a chance for a postseason destination for their team. They would they would take advantage. I, I don't know. I, it seems unlikely to me. This seems like a attention grab. Seems like it. Hey, guys, I got good news, bad news. Good news is we've been invited to a bowl game. Bad news is it's the irrelevant bowl. <laughs> hey. All right, let's go to practice now. Yeah, that doesn't seem very likely. It's worked out for some quarterbacks, but I don't know about other people. Uh, Brock Purdy, right? Yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. Okay. Chris Plank, back from Manhattan. He'll join us on the other side of a commercial break, and then I'm going to stick around for the first segment of his show as, as we're going to uh, be joined by Damon Miner. The Ryan Miner celebration of life coming up on Saturday. Damon's going to tell us some about that, and uh, we're just going to chat about his brother a little bit as well. That's coming up top of the hour. We'll be back. It is time for The Crossover with Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Brought to you by OrthoStat. 
Injuries aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Orthostat, convenient orthopedic care. Seven days a week, no appointment needed. Now, with the crossover, here's Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. All right, we'll get connected with Chris here momentarily. He is back from Manhattan, where the uh, Sooner women suffered their first Big 12 defeat last night. 74-57 at the hands of Aoka Lee and Kansas State. Chris joins us live down for the crossover. Chris, neither one of us got it done Sorry, last Toby. night. Well, that's okay. What, what was the story in the Little Apple? Well, first of all, let me have a conversation with people that are driving right now on uh, Norman Streets. What's y'all's problems? What's going on? Um, I blame recruiting Doomer for this. There's horrible text messages to the show. Um, <laughs> I've seen more. Did, did everyone decide that we're getting out today because of the the fear of the weather tomorrow or something? Yeah, probably. I've never yeah. seen. I've never seen. Tra- I got everything that could go wrong, Toby, has gone wrong on my drive-in today. So you people that can't decide how fast you're going to go on Highway 9, you morons that don't realize it gets down to one lane there on 24th, what are we doing? All right, anyway. Yeah, it didn't go well in Manhattan last night, Toby. And I, I think for Ginny Baranchek, you can you can tell um you can tell she was frustrated last night. And I was <laughs> I was watching her watch tape on the flight back and you could kind of see she would she would see something and then she'd turn and she'd look around for one of her, you know, assistants to kind of point something to. I mean it's just the, the point is not to say anything bad about OU women's basketball. The point is to say there were so many opportunities, Toby. There were so many opportunities in this game. And I thought even though when you look at the final box score, you see what did Aoka Lee end up with, like 19 points, I think. Yeah. Uh, she had she had 19 points. Six of those came kind of in just like a little trash time late. I don't know if. If Jeff Minnie was mad because Oklahoma was full court pressing when they were down twelve, but they kind of uh, they kind of got about six cheapy points there late for her. I thought Oklahoma did a fantastic job against Aoka Lee uh, for the most part last night. They they triple teamed her. They uh, <laughs> every time she would get the basketball, they'd crash down on her. And you know Kansas State had a couple of players that stepped up and did some good things last night that helped fill that void and. Uh, it, was, it was a really tough one on the road. And I don't know I don't know if, if, if you've experienced this before. I had not. Uh, it's very odd when you see a former Sooner like Gabby yeah. Gregory, right, mm-hmm. who beats their former team and then is able to have that moment where they're dribbling out the basketball and she's sitting there, you know, raising her arms to have the crowd make noise. You're like, ah, oh, she can't. She's one of what, what's going on here? How could this be happening right now? Knock it off, Gabby. Knock, yeah. What, what are you doing, Gabby? But no, it was uh, it was really uh, it was I, I, it was frustrating. But they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. They're going to be fine. Yeah, three and one. Uh, still a very good start. Tied for third place here. And um, Texas Tech coming up next. Yeah. Winning on the road against a quality team. And Kansas State is a what ranked very number twelve. Good. Very yeah. good team. Yeah, they've, so, they've, they've beaten Iowa this year. Got to shake it off and, and get back out there. Same thing. I mean, you're gonna uh, you're gonna suffer some defeats, especially on the road in conference play. The important thing is the ability to quickly shake it off and move on. So, men and women both got to do that after last night. Not a good night for Sooner basketball. No, but and I would add, Tiro, the craziness of this conference carries over to women's basketball too. 
no one expected UCF to beat Kansas on the men's side, right? I no. Mean, UCF would look terrible. Huge shock. Kansas beat Baylor women last night. Wow. I mean, it's just – and they didn't I, – I, there was like three minutes to go in the game. They were up 15. But they had – I mean, they handled them. So – you know, there is no, as Kevin Henry likes to say, there's no rocking chair games. Now, I, I mean, we'll see how things develop for, for BYU on the women's side. Looks like it's a little bit more of a struggle for them than we thought. UCF and Cincinnati haven't necessarily fared all that well. Um, but you know you're going to get their best shot whenever you play them. So, uh, re- really, really tough night last night for, for OU Hoops, T-Row. Really travel, tough night. Travel okay? Travel is fantastic. Boy, you Good. were right, though. When you get on that flight at 2 o'clock and you look at your clock, you're like, I am on the air in three and a half hours. And this is, uh... <laughs> Did you guys go straight to the arena? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We okay. landed at about 2.50, uh, well, maybe, maybe closer to 3 o'clock, and went straight to the arena, and they got out of the gates hot. I want to say they had like a 10-2 to 2 lead. So it, it's, uh, it's really – it's unique. It's unique as far as challenge for people who have pre-game well, responsibilities. Uh, Lon loved to travel day of game. Yeah, yeah. I but he that. would usually go in the mornings, and they would go, you know, shoot around and then go to a hotel for a few hours and relax. So, flying in in the afternoon, I haven't heard of that before. So that was uh, definitely. I wonder different. if that's extenuating circumstances or if that was just what they preferred yesterday. That's interesting. I, I think that's what Jenny prefers. I think that's what Coach prefers. I think that that's kind of how she likes it. Great for us. As long as everything's on time, it's great for us. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we um, uh, Chris, if it's okay, I'm going to stick around with you for the next Hey, segment. I We're expect gonna... you to drive this, so I'll just no, be, no, along no. For, uh, I'll be along for uh, color and analysis, but I'm really pumped to talk to da- uh, Damon Miner here next. This is your show. We're, we're, I'm passing the baton, <laughs> but I'm, I'm here with you. All right? Okay. We got Damon Miner coming up next. Thanks to you fine folks for listening today. I'm going to stick around. We'll talk to you on the other side. All right. Welcome back, everybody. An extended crossover today. Toby and Chris back with you. That's because we're joined by a very special guest. One of the all-time greats in Sooner history, Damon Miner, joining us live now. Damon, I I wish, obviously, it was under different circumstances, but it's an honor to have you on, my friend. Hey, uh, good morning to everyone. I appreciate you having me on, guys. Damon, um... I don't want to ask this in a in a way that is, you know, I'm not trying to be Oprah and draw out a bunch of emotion here, but I know a lot of times in, in these lengthy battles like this that there's great courage that is shown that can give strength to all of us. So in that in that manner, what what has the last year been like for for you and your family and, and watching Ryan? Um Yeah, you're gonna bring up some emotion. Uh the, uh, the year's been tough, um, especially, you know, he got diagnosed last year. And um, he, uh, you know, I was the last couple months I was with him during the time he was uh, in, in the um, <clears throat> John Hopkins and, and obviously at home in hospice. So uh, it's been a pretty rough year, um, especially watching your twin brother go through what he did. But no one... You know, everyone knows Ryan how how big he was on the basketball court and and, and on the baseball diamond. But uh, just seeing him, how he just was so strong for his family and 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 everything going through this process of um, with cancer, and it's it's not easy. But uh, his he he was so he was so tough and and just the way he handled it 
and and was as strong as he was. I really am just just awesome with being with him and just seeing him how strong he is. It was just a um, very emotional couple of months, but I was just just glad to be there with him. Hey, hey Damon, it's uh, Chris Plank. We really appreciate you coming on with us today, man. I just wanted hey, to know. Uh, on social media, uh, through phone calls, through, I'm sure, letters and, and, and emails and phone calls, what has the outpouring of support and just uh, 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 utter uh, passion that you've seen from Sooner Nation and from uh, Oklahoma fans in general, what has that meant to you and to the family to see how much Ryan meant to them? That, um, I mean, it's, it's hard to put into words the, uh, the outreach of uh, the support that we've had you know, it started when he was first diagnosed to uh, the outpour of uh, of players and uh, Sooner fans and everyone coming to the uh, first uh, golf tournament that fundraiser we had at Jimmy Austin, having you guys. And then just over the outpour of, of just people donating to his uh, medical fund to reaching out just people that I, you know, haven't talked to in years or don't even know. I've reached out in social media um, and just the outpour reach of just the people, especially in Oklahoma. Um, that's why I felt really that I needed to have a celebration of life there and um, getting that and for the fans and for the, uh, the just the great support that we've had from uh, Sooner Nation. You know, Damon, uh, reading some of the stories the last couple of weeks has reminded me of, of you know some of the time when, when you and Ryan were at OU stories that I had either forgotten or never knew at the time I, I guess I didn't know that you almost both of you were almost cowboys right yeah that's hard to fathom right now but uh there was a positive, there was a really good chance of being a cowboy back in the day and uh thank thank goodness that uh someone didn't show up to a recruit visit so tides turn and was able to go to OU and that's uh definitely beneficial that uh that, that happened hey it's interesting it, it, follow me for a second I went and saw the Iron Claw it's the story of the Vaughn Eriks when I was a little kid my sister and I would watch WCCW wrestling and it just it, it was such a cool movie to watch because it brought back so many great memories we know obviously the success that you and, and ryan had in college but when you were kids when you were younger what was what were those moments like damon was it was it cartoons on saturday morning were you guys just balling and in sports so much that you were on the constant go what was it like to be ryan's brother and to be kids growing up under the same roof uh that's that's funny i, li- I listen to you guys in the morning and, and your your love for wrestling is, is- <laughs> Awesome to hear. It ages us, but we uh, grew up actually watching, getting uh, Sergeant Slaughter, getting saving up the 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 tickets to get his uh, get him in the mail, and Heck yeah. and and you know we grew up watching you know GI Joe, and then going out and playing basketball. We were always playing sports. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have you know our mom and dad really got us out there and being in a small town, you were always playing sports and we were kind of you know, always tied to the hip and, and growing up and played, you know, baseball and then basketball start over. And then once basketball was over, you got to go play baseball again in the fall and, and then in spring. So um, we were always tied to the hip and then played uh, summer ball, at, uh, Woodward Travelers out with the Ward family. 
uh, we, you know, instead of practice, we played. That's how we learned the game. And we we're always traveling together and, and especially being twin brothers, you know, there's that special bond that you have. And, uh, that's just kind of that hole that I, that I'm missing right now. And it's definitely going to take some time, but just try to cherish the moments that we had over the years. As twins, were you best friends? Were you rivals? Were you competitive with each other? All of the above? What was that relationship like? I would say that's all of the above. You know, we were definitely competitive and um, um, wanted to beat each other, and it always turned into probably in the backyard. A hard foul turned into a fight for a while, <laughs> and then we'd dust each other off and go back to playing. So I, I, I think that bond, um, especially with for me being the younger brother and just seeing, you know, at the time just wanted to, he really helped me, um, you know, always competing and wanting to get better and, and beat him. Cause he was obviously he was, a, he was definitely a lot more athletic and a lot better at sports than I was. So I was really trying to um, uh, just compete with him and beat him every day. And that kind of helped me become what, what I became in, you know, in college and then off into pro ball. Damon, you uh, you won a World Series in '94, College World Series. Went back in in '95. What? How was it for you guys watching the run a couple years ago and seeing what Skip Johnson has done? You find yourself still being a fan? Were you guys still engaged? And would you talk about OU baseball and OU athletics a lot? Uh, definitely, we uh, we're definitely engaged. We're um, you know we're sprung all over the country as Sooners and. We have a group, a 94 championship group text that, uh, that we have with a lot of guys. And we're, we're all sitting there watching. Um, I'm in the clubhouse watching. We're, we're just really rooting from them. It was, it was just bringing back a lot of memories, especially seeing those guys. You know, they obviously just came up a little bit short, but just, just watching the program, how Skip and those guys have really, you know, got Reggie there. And then obviously the, with Ryan Gaines still running the ship there, he, uh, it's just awesome to see how that program is just is moving forward, especially going to the SEC. What did Ryan say about the Cal Ripken night? What, what, what were there nerves? What was that all like for him? You know, it's funny is that I was actually in a Maryland fall league. They decided to do a Maryland fall league one year, and it and obviously it was got too cold and it wasn't a good idea. But I was fortunate enough to be up there at that time, and actually was walking into the stadium, and I heard his name called. And I was like, he didn't tell me that. So long story short, I was sitting there and he was just came after the game and he was like, yeah, he came up to me. Everyone kind of knows the stories that Rickman said that, uh, or the manager came up to him and asked him, Hey, you're going to play third. And he was like, you sure Cal knows this? So <laughs> it was, uh, it was, I got to experience that. And, um, he, you know, obviously you're like as humble as he was, you know, he just, took it in stride and um, felt like it was a really good honor to, to honor, you know, have Cal Ripken as a teammate and to, to be able to um, go in for him. It was just, it was something special for him. Hey, hey, Damon, you both got into coaching after your playing careers, but I'm curious from your perspective, look, just, I didn't really understand how in depth Ryan's managerial resume was. What was he like as a coach? What was he like as a manager for the time you got to spend around him at that phase in his life? Um, he, he, one, he was, um, he really cared about his players. Um, 
and I, I think that goes back to the way he, we were raised with our with our dad. You know, he, you know, you're always team first, and you want to help all your teammates. And that goes into college with basketball, with Calvin, um, with Billy Tubbs, with Coach Shell. All everyone that's touched our lives, coaching wise, as um, as a player, we kind of pass that along. And that's what I just saw with him is that he was as passionate about the uh, about the game of baseball. He loved it. And he wanted to pass that on to his other players. They wanted him, wanted his players to play the game right and um, help them move along in their careers. And because he did play, and we all, when we play, and then you get the, a chance to coach, is that you're just passing the torch in the game on to the next uh, generation. And that's what he was really passionate about. My, I think, uh, speak for all of Sooner Nation, my favorite Damon Minor memory is and will always be the home run in the College World Series that I believe still has not landed. One of the great blasts <laughs> of all time. Damon, what is your favorite Ryan Minor athletic memory? Um, one, of, one is that, you know, he was so special. He'd be in basketball. And I, I knew once basketball was over, he was going to come take my position and I have to go to DH. <laughs> <laughs> to be playing first, so that was one of the, the one things I always re- will remember. Is like when is he get beat out here in the tournament? I'm playing. I'm DH the rest of the year. <laughs> but uh, I think one of the the main thing for him is was um, was going and watching as a group of the baseball players. We'd be practicing, and then they're going to play Kansas and Lloyd Noble. We'll be out practicing. And then we would all rush over to Lord Noble and be sitting there um, and, and watching. I think that was the one memorable thing is that as a group of baseball players, the teammates, we would always make sure that we'd go over and watch him and just see what he could do special that night. And um, it, I think that was the one thing that, that we really enjoyed is just watching him, how he was just, he just brought so, so much joy playing playing sports to so many people. Hey, hey, Damon, I love listening to you talk, Paul, but I also think that we need to make sure we get the message out there that there is ways that that, that Sooner fans and, and sports fans and just people in general can help out. So are, are there things, are there needs right now? Are there ways that we can help give back? Are there ways that we can show our appreciate and help, appreciation and help support the family during this time? Um, we're going to keep the GoFund going for, for a little bit longer. Um, we're definitely, um, obviously with OU putting together the, um, the, the scholarship fund in his name. Um, there's a, uh, there's a scholarship or there is a uh, community fund that is being set up that has been set up in Maryland for, uh, uh, for in his name that is going to uh, go to special needs, um, children, um, uh, special Olympics. So there's another way that was um, that I put out there on social media, and then then also we're going to uh, next year we're going to keep the golf tournament going. Um, we've been oh, talking great. with uh, Jimmy Jimmy Austin. We're going to do that um, probably in the fall. So we can uh, we're looking around in October and November. We're trying to get the date set. Um, we're going to do that to uh, help support um, his daughter's uh, college fund. We're going to start up a uh, college fund uh, through that. So there's just uh, that's some of the ways that we're going to try to keep his uh, his legacy moving forward. 
Celebration of life for anyone who would like to attend for Ryan Miner this Saturday, 1 o'clock, First Baptist Church in Moore. Damon, last question. What do you hope people remember most about your brother? Um, how, how much of a, um, a, a family man he was with his uh, raising his daughters and his wife, Allison, being, um, I got, uh, we being on the West Coast and my brother being on the East Coast, we really didn't have a lot of time to be with our families kind of being a, being a part, uh, just being on the, being on that side of, uh, with him the last, you know, year or so, just seeing how much he was loved on that side and how much family and how he touched so many people in the, in Salisbury, in the community there. Um, it was just, uh, that was just something that was really, um, more, um, humbling and just uh, really helped me through this process because, you know, when we're, you're twins and you're not together for so long and then you think you're kind of uh, alone and, and especially when you're playing baseball and you, and baseball families can attest to this, you're always gone. So just, just seeing how much support he had and how many people came and, and really on that side is really special for me, for him. Damon, we're sorry. This is uh, this is a, a, a terrible loss, and um, uh, I know that that it is a very difficult time for Ryan's family and for you. And just know that uh, you are wrapped in the love of a whole bunch of people, man. Sooner Nation, friends, family all across the country, thinking about you, praying for you, and uh, can't wait to see you back in Norman sometime soon. And uh, Hope Saturday is a very special event. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us this morning. Yeah, and and I want to thank you guys. Um, what you guys do, um, really, you know, just sitting there and I got him involved with uh, with you guys, listening the last like three or four months, and we just sit there and 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 just listen to you guys. Really, really helped. Just kind of spend some time together and just get to listen about some Sooner Nation stuff. And it really, really helped through the through just some of that struggle time of just sitting there at the house. So we really appreciate you guys, what you guys do. That means a lot. Thank you, Damon. Have a good day, sir. You too, guys. All right, see you. Hey, I got to ask something, Toby. You, to me, are the guy that during that time period, I think, what, we were both in college, just graduated? Yeah. Just graduated? I was still in, I was still in college. Yeah. Somebody had brought up yesterday on the on the Kinnipamire Chevrolet text line, you know, hey, the, seeing Drake graduate, you know, one, one of the great families in Oklahoma history, uh, seeing Dewey inducted in the Hall of Fame, the Selmans are a great family. Boy, the Miners, they have their own uh, they have their own slot in Sooner family history, do they not? That's a, that's oh. a pretty special duo right there. Yeah. Um, larger than life is a phrase we use too much, but they were giants. I mean, physically, mm-hmm. literally giants. And, you know, Ryan was a beast on the basketball court. They were so big out on the baseball field. Like, <laughs> they were. Six, seven, first baseman, <laughs> third baseman, D. I mean, think about that. They're giants out there and could mash the ball. So... That it applies. Larger-than-life figures in this state, they were the faces of OU athletics for early to mid-'90s. 
And just, I mean, just a terrible, terrible tragedy, you know? Yeah. Uh, terrible tragedy. And I can't, I can't even begin to think of what it is like if it's your twin, you know? That's just got to be so hard to have the thought. I'm sure it's like, you know, I'm sure he's thinking all kinds of things. And so, um, yeah, feel terrible for this whole situation. And the Sooner Nation, though, has done what they always do, Chris. And in times of need, they've rallied. And they've they've thrown their collective arms around the minor family. And it's been really awesome to see the outpouring of love. Not just the last, you know, three or four weeks or so, but over the last year since this news came to our attention. So let's don't let that fade, you know. Let's, no. uh, this family is going to need our, our love and prayer for a long time. I agree. Hey, uh, thanks for letting us have that as part of our show today, Toby. Very grateful yeah, for you, Yeah, thanks man. for letting me hang around with you, man. Have a yeah, great show, either. Chris. All right, and I'll talk to you here in a bit, right? We're podcasting okay, today. Good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Let's go. Let's go. All right, it's After 922. Get your nap. Get your nap. Hey, when we come back, uh, thanks, TJ. Thanks, Brian uh, and Casey, for allowing that to be a part of our program. If you haven't yet, as you can tell, uh, Damon Miner is awesome. But also you can you can feel and you can tell there's still a lot of that hurt there. And there always will be. It's I can't even imagine. I brought up I'm I'm really close with my sister, um, but we weren't twins. And uh, I I can't even fathom what it was like to go through life and then to lose your brother at such a young age. So make it a point to reach out, follow Damon on Twitter at Reed Minor R E E D Minor. That's his Twitter feed. He's a great follow. Uh, he loves the Sooners. And I don't know. I, he, he might even be one of those texters on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line that trolls us every now and then. I'm kidding, Damon. He's the best. That was awesome. What a fun but heartbreaking conversation to have to have, right? It's great to relive those memories, but your heart hurts because you know everything everyone is going through uh, in the minor family. We got a break uh, about yesterday, man. What a wild, what a wild afternoon. For coaching news, we'll try to recap it all next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.